Well, it's good to be back here, and you know what? You know why we're talking like this, folks? Well, I'm where I always am, but Matt, you're somewhere special. I'm I'm happier than a pig and shit here in Austin, Texas. Oh, are you for real? <laughs> yes, I actually am really in Austin, Texas for uh, a conference that relates to my uh, day job. Uh, and, you know, so we're actually going to return to a, a paradigm. Fortunately, we have a uh, cognitive paradigm for dealing with this, which is that the TFT podcast becomes these frolicking tourists. Uh, and uh, this this is kind of akin to when we when we met in New York um, and actually did a live show kind of journeying around the locations that were impossible, uh, that were important to, to gossip girl. And then we, uh, we, um, the, you know, and then we returned to music. Well, uh, this, this, uh, week we're skipping, we're, uh, skipping music and, and, uh, and, but, but I actually have some music to talk about now. And, and I, and this sort of trip that I've taken, especially to Austin, which is, which is sort of a storied city and a city with a lot of, a city that sort of prides itself on its personality. I suppose every city has a personality, even that if that personality is sort of blandness, right, or sucking, uh, which <laughs> which is the personality of many cities. Right. Uh, I, or I'm, I'm reminded, uh, this is not a joke about a city having a lack of personality, but um, of a state in, in the Wayne's World movie where they're doing their blue screen. Uh, their, their, their joke in their blue screen run is uh, they're, they're in a, a number of exciting locales, and they say, or Delaware. Hi, we're in Delaware. <laughs> right? And, and that Delaware is, is a kind of, um, is personality is, is, um, is is, is imputed to be a kind of uh, blandness. Hmm. Um, but I, want, I just want to, uh, you know, since um, I, I want to kind of just frame even more what it is that we're, we're doing, because uh, I think that in addition to these frolicking tourists um, being a chance to use our travels to um, inspire the kind of discussions that are related to our larger research program, I think this also connects to the episode that we did a few months ago um, on, on moving house uh, and on the infrastructure of identity Right. And I think that this this I think it's important just to pull back the curtain a little bit on this because it, it actually fits with a um even though, you know, on the surface, this current iteration of, of TFT uh purports to uh be uh about um you know about about um, pop music uh, of, of both current uh, and and the past. It really, as as it always has been, and as all podcasting is, uh, this uh, current run of of the TFT is about doing the TFT podcast. Right. It's about the process, and so you know, and 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 part of what we've done is you know, short of um, I think th- oh, the week in which it was both Thanksgiving and I had food poisoning, we've we've gone weekly um, now for about um, I would say about thirty. Weeks straight now, uh, and and I think that there's a, a you know part of why we went to pop music in part because it's been a shared interest of ours, but in part because it was something you know we were removing all barriers to doing what we do, to doing this kind of uh, the, to doing this research project, uh, and and so the, there's a kind of motto of of you know A B O always be overthinking, um, and and always or A B T always be T F T ing, um, and so well, part of this is that you know and actually uh, over this last month you've probably noticed in the month of um, May uh, 2014 we've had a few um, you know delayed uh, we, we we've not had our usual uh, Tuesday releases a few times uh we've had a, a had one in-person uh, meeting uh due, due to travel and so there's been a lot of travel a lot of um kind of day job work uh personal things this month um and we're still trying to find a way to um discuss what's um you know what's interesting to us, and so uh, ra- and so this is another one of, of these attempts to take what the mere material that we have, even when there has not been a chance to dig into an album, um, and um, and deliver something uh, for you that's related to our project. And you know, and I think that you know this may not be a starting point, but 
you know, if you were in many other states, I may may have hesitated. Um, but like you said, not only does Austin, uh, Texas, have a you know a a, a a identity in the popular culture, but Texas, you know, is um, uh, occupies an important space within TFT. Um, you know, and and you know, employ, and you know, we Texas is both forever and something for all to hail. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, uh, so in fact, this is you know, we've done um, we did a run on Friday. Night Lights, and we did our uh, 100th episode on um, All Hail West Texas, uh, the Mountain Goats album, and so the fact that you are now in the, te- you are in the Texas. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and you know where I, you know where I was the other day? Uh, the, uni- the University of Texas. You may have heard of it. It's in Texas. Hook 'em horns. Um, and so, yeah, you're in the Texas. And so this is a, um, a great opportunity to, to, you know, and, and you, and, and in fact, Matt, you, you know, you, you texted me with, uh, several, uh, pieces of your trip that, um, that just told me that, that I, that, um, if for nothing else, you needed to talk about, there's some things that you needed to talk about. (laughs) Um, and so this is for audience, this is for you, but this is also for you, Matt. So, uh, (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it is kind of, uh, well, it's everything. Yeah. Everything you said, I want to go like farther down that rabbit hole, but I, I think we should do an hour on what we are doing. (laughs) I think, I think we should pivot and discuss. Well, I, you know, well, Matt, then, you know, this Austin, Texas that you are in, um, you know, with its Texas swing and its barbecue, um, and, uh, most likely, uh, it's artisanal, um, coffee and food purveyors is this place for real (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) it's um yeah you know it's yes it's always well let let me let me put it this way it's always telling you it's for real it's always informing you about its realness (laughs) right well and it's because there's a motto that i mean maybe we should address is that that you know there's a well-known catchphrase associated with austin which is keep austin weird yeah don't they Uh, say the same thing about portland and don't they say the same thing about the same thing about i don't know i feel like a a lot of these places as they as they gentrify a lot of sort of uh I don't want to call them second tier, but sort of second grouping in terms of size or even third grouping uh, cities um, that develop a lot of personalities uh, that develop a lot of personality, you know, to compensate for not having anything cool, uh, you know, like the Met Steps. Um, but sort of as they gentrify now, there's there's this push, uh, there's this push to sort of return to to the days when they they didn't have all these things and it's i mean you can't do it you well, can't sort it's of it's interesting though cuz you, you no can't sort says, of no, you, no one says keep cleveland post industrial burning <laughs> right like um, so that's like an interesting claim that the authenticity started when the hippies and like you know like you know that that like that when the hippies like moved in or the the artsy people or the people who were graduate students who never finished right like i i guess i, I so you know that they were not part of the problem but then the other people the hipsters or the uh, the other gentrifiers are the problem um and i guess that raises a question of you know of of who the the weirds are and where they come from yeah. um but i i think that but may may that may only be one piece of a it sounds like you you're you may be wanting to talk about the real austin and the real austin uh and if you can't hear my um you know scare quotes dripping off of my overdriven microphone uh you know they're there but the you know that 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 there's there appear to be a few real austins that you're uh engaging with um whether the you know they're the weird austin or there's some other kind of austin yeah it's i mean it's true so um i I don't know. I don't even, I sort of don't know how to, how to talk about it. Even we don't, I feel like this is, this is a phenomenon that we don't necessarily have a framework for. If only a podcast, uh, you know, were to take up this idea of this idea of authenticity, right. And, and, you know, sort of, sort of focus on it. I, so let me, let me, let me kind of zoom out and rewind a little bit and set the set the scene conceptually by um 
by uh, sharing an observation I had as I was driving through Los Angeles the other day. You may have heard of it. It's in Los Angeles. Uh, and I was going to a... Um, I was actually going to a commercial audition in a like a, lo- a casting director's office that was like in a loft uh, near downtown, sort of converted industrial. And some of the neighborhoods I was driving through on my way there were non non gentrified, were were actually authentic neighborhoods. And there was a big um, and there was a big uh, big box store uh, that was a food for less, food number four. Less right, which is a, a cut rate supermarket, and um, and I I had the thought as I was driving through that like this is actually what's authentic, right? Like because this is the this is what it takes to house and feed uh, all the people here, and to sort of and to sort of maintain the inequality. Uh, to, to maintain the, the income inequality that the whole system rests on so that us, you know, out by the ocean, right, can have our, can have our Culver cities, right, can have our, you know, walkable neighborhoods, can have our, you know, artisanal restored original brick, uh, you know, uh, historical, historical buildings, right? Like it's, it's built on, um, uh, it's it's built on sort of n- necessarily having these these uh, more authentic because less stage managed, but but sort of um, you know depressing and and impoverished and and oppressed uh, neighborhoods. Well, and 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 like you say, kind of mass produced and and synthesized, right? You know, in in the way of I think about like you know synthetic foods and and you know. Additive heavy heavy foods, right? Um, and and you know sweatshop produced, um, you know uh, uh, clothing as opposed to your you know made in downtown LA, uh, um, you know uh, uh, American Apparel outfit. Oh world. my God! I'm at a tech conference, so there's like T-shirts being thrust at you from every corner. But like uh, one company has American Apparel twenty five twenty five. 50 the poly the rayon polyester blend t-shirts that is a great shirt and even if i have to to get another one of those i i will take it even if it has like a a company's logo on it you know yeah i mean well logos i mean logos are not logos are not okay right (laughs) like um i mean that's that's uh you know if you're if you're shilling for somebody else i mean that's that's not who you are yeah that's not um that's not this is interesting this reminds me of two um and just in terms of relating this kind of uh, stage setting even that you're doing now with some things that we've been talking to with i'm actually reminded of two um axes from our last few months um uh maybe our last six weeks or so one is um our discussion of you know how the kind of ability to create these DIY artistic experiences rest on, uh, as I think you said, a pyramid of of human skulls. Right, your Faraday, uh, right, your Faraday cage of non-interference rests on a pyramid of of human right. skulls. Right from like, our from our Frankie Cosmos episode, um, and then also our discussion of the um, the Sharpie and the letterpress um, in our Tune Yards episode. Right. right, and so that these are um, these are already these kinds of questions about um, uh, of of kind of you know, industrialization versus artisanality as they relate to, um, to, to authenticity in, in music seem to be, um, you know, part of a larger discussion about, um, about, about urbanism, um, and about, um, urbanism, about the kind of cities in, um, in, in a, in, in cities and the relationship to kind of, what kind of global capitalism right that's and that's that's where i was hoping we would go with this so i'm glad i'm so glad you're you're uh i'm so glad that that you're on board right like the idea um 
the, the idea, it's a kind of an interesting idea, right? Because artisanality only makes sense within a context of mass production, uh, right. right? If it's not in a context of mass production, they're not artisanal clothes. They're just your clothes that your mother, uh, you know, sewed for you because you're a pioneer, you're homesteading or something like that, right? Like right. it's not, it's not a, uh, a sort of, uh, identity constitutive uh, thing. It's it's just how you live. So that idea of artisanality of the, of sort of hand the the handmade aesthetic um, of of sort of being weird actually I think depends on uh, what I'm saying is that there's no counterculture without a culture. Right. Right. If there, if, if there's a counterculture without a culture, it's not a counterculture. It's just the culture. It's the culture. Yeah. And don't be right. And don't be surprised when, you know, when they start, when the kids start eating processed American cheese singles, uh, <laughs> right. And rejecting all your, your grass head fed beef and your hand sewn hemp jeans and, and whatever other silliness you. Well, and this does cycle, right. That, that, um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about in, in the food space, how actually the use of flavors and techniques from processed foods, like cycle, cycle back to being trendy. And I think specifically about, um, the like the uh, David Chang's Momofuku Empire, and specifically, um, is it Christina Tosi's like milk bar kind of yeah. dessert uh, associated brand uh, associated with that? And and she talks a lot about wanting to kind of recapture the flavors of of whether it's processed cereals and and cereal milk uh, or um, other kind of you know whether it's um, uh, oh, oh like um, 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 soft serve ice cream or, or Oreos or any of the these kind of um, processed foods, and that there's a tremendous amount of um, of handcrafted making by hand. The this kind of the the what what exists in that experience. So that there is this you know kind of the um, you know the the mainstream and mass produced is the is then reappropriated um, for um, by someone who is you know a. a you know, a, an artisan, and then you can then now buy the milk bar. You can you can now buy the milk bar at home kits from Williams and Sonoma. Right? <laughs> so this thing, I mean, so it's it's um, it's 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 oro it's orobori all the way down. Well, right, and I would right? say, I mean, even at the even at the like the very high end of the fine dining spectrum, your your Wiley Dufresne's and your um, your. Uh, well, I don't think he's making food anymore, but, but, uh, well, what's his name? The famous guy, Ferran Adria, um, the right, like they are, uh, kind of reincorporating a lot of techniques that are associated with industrial food production. Um, I, I mean, even the whole thing of like sous vide, like I have a sous vide machine, um, at home, uh, that like vacuum sealing food and and you know cooking it to a temperature is a is a mass production technique i mean the reason that 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 was like a you know banquet like a, if you're cooking for like production for like uh banquet sizes you know it's a way to get a lot of product out the door that is that is uniform um and there being these sort of things are being re uh reincorporated you know as i was as i was tucking into a plate of of chicken fried steak cream gravy collard greens and butter beans tonight um, which I guess I'm kind of in the wrong place for. I should be tucking into a plate of barbecue in Texas, but I got uh, I got reco- <laughs> I got recommended to this particular soul food restaurant, and and honestly, dinner too is not out of the question. Um, I was actually thinking. I was led to think about David Chang, uh, and it was I, what I thought was like you know in the sort of novelty obsessed restaurant culture of of New York, uh, that you're probably a lot more familiar with than I am because, because you've lived there and I've only kind of temporarily lived there for a period of weeks at a time. Um, but in this, 
in this culture, like sort of chasing novelty, I was looking at the, the chicken fried steak in front of me and it was like, it, it would be impossible to improve on this chicken side, this, this chicken fried steak, right? Like you couldn't, you couldn't like, I don't know, freeze dry it, pulverize it in, you know, in the Cuisinart into a powder and, you know, served it, serve it chopped into lines like cocaine that you snort up with a, with a straw or something like, you know, some, uh, um, abstruse and alienating presentation, right? Like would not, that, that like novelty, there's nothing that novelty could add, um, to the awesome plate of chicken fried steak and greens in front of me. So I, so I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about, uh, what the story that I've read of opening Momofuku noodle bar on first Avenue in, in, uh, the East village. And, um, apparently like to throw people off the scent, they put a fake menu in the window uh, as though this were the menu for the restaurant that was being built inside because they, they were like refining the concept and really didn't want, didn't want scrutiny and didn't want to, um, uh, be interfered with. So they, um, they put a fake menu up and the fake menu, which I think you can get in the Momofuku cookbook, um, I have it at home and uh, I'm not home now. I'm, I'm in Austin. You may have heard of it. It's in Texas. I, uh, the, was things like, um, uh, Kobe beef sliders, right. And like, uh, uh, the other kind of bullshit stuff now. And, but I, th- I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about Kobe beef sliders and about, I don't know what else belongs on that menu notionally, even if we can't think of the, uh, even if we can't think of the, um, the full original uh, one. Lobster, lobster, mac and cheese. <laughs> right. Right. Perfect. <laughs> right. Uh, truffled, truffled tater tots with, uh, with, uh, tr- truffle oil tater, tater tots with, um, with like shaved Parmesan cheese. <laughs> oh, right. Awesome. I just found it. Uh, it was called, um, uh, it was called Paul's Grill uh, with with 24-inch – oh, no, with 24 jumbo flat-screen TVs coming soon. Um, tuna – yeah, tuna tartare, Kobe sliders, uh, grilled swordfish, you know, half-roasted chicken, uh, braised Berkshire pork belly, right? Like – these kinds of things. And, and yet I thought as I was, as I was, you know, maybe a third or halfway into my chicken fried steak, I thought like, I don't know, those are sort of classics. Those, those would kind of be norm core food. Right. And, and I was led to, I was led to, um, I was led to think about norm core actually by, by this. And that norm core sort of makes sense as a counter counterculture, both, both as a kind of acknowledgement that, um, artisanality is the new homogeneity, right? Yeah. And that we may as well go with the old homogeneity because at least the Birkenstocks are comfortable. Um, and, but also it's a, it's a, um, it's a, it's a reaction against the aesthetic, against this sort of, uh, it, it's a reaction against this sort of rarefied aesthetic of artisanality of what gets called like hipster, uh, dressing and, and acting and, and going and things like, things like this. So I, I, um, I, I last night was, uh, walking up and down South Congress, which I guess is a, a street. Uh, I'm given to understand it's the name of the street that I was on. Um, and you know, so we went, we went to, uh, my, my friend and I, old acting buddy of mine and I went to, uh, like an artisanal grass fed hamburger restaurant where I got, you know, lettuce wrapped, uh, burgers, um, yeah, no one, no one tell my girlfriend I'm cheating on the paleo diet. Okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, uh, and, and, uh, then kind of bar hopped up and down the street and, you know, great place. There was, there uh, was some Mexican place and then, you know, uh, like some, <laughs> some retro, uh, 
uh, almost like tiki bar looking places that that could have been there when my parents went to school because because my mother and father have uh, a bachelor's and two graduate degrees apiece from uh, from UT. Uh, it's where they met and got married uh, before they moved to Los Angeles. And um, I mean, these places could have been there when they uh, when they were going to school. And then, um, you know, we we sort of I, I had a conference the next day, so we uh, called it a night early. I was walking back to my car, um, my garish, by the way, like Kia, bright yellow, um, bright yellow Kia that the rental car company. Uh, rented me, ensuring that I stick out like a sore thumb in every neighborhood that that I go to and try to fit in in uh, while I'm here. Uh, hashtag Normcore. And I I hear this music uh, just uh, like literally as I'm about to put my key in the in the car lock, I hear. Texas swing, like Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys style, and it may have even been a cover of a Bob Wills tune. Um, and uh, and it it calls me Ryan, <laughs> like the Pied Pi, like a rat to the Pied Piper. I'm drawn across the street into the Continental Club, which is a you know storied music venue, and I spend the next hour and a half listening to this um, listening to this uh, Texas swing band play uh, play country music. And like, and so a couple things, a couple things about it, right. It was like, it was no one I'd heard of. Uh, I don't think they had a name. They introduced themselves. It wasn't like a band. It was just a bunch of people who, who happened to play this music and play together a lot. Um, they were, uh, uh, older, it was like seven older white guys standing on stage. They were remarkably impassive, except for the front man, right? Like the guitar player had a, uh, had a, uh, ball cap pulled down over his eyes and he had like a big beard and he was just kind of staring there, not, not scowling, but sort of, uh, his, his, his face set, you know, focusing on the music, not at all interested in, in putting on a show except in, in the sound that, that he was creating. You know, just everything that you just described could be happening is happening in Bushwick, right? (laughs) A man, seven men, seven white men are (laughs) impassively standing on a stage. One wearing a hat pulled down over his eyes, wearing a a large beard, is focusing on his music with apparent disregard for the audience. (laughs) uh, But do they have two fiddles and and a lap steel guitar? Probably. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess they I guess they probably do. Um yeah, but they're they're not as good as these guys were, right? Like there was I I, I, I want I mean I know you're setting the scene a little more, but I think that, that I mean I would love to run the experiment right. where you you isolate everything, where where you, you show people the videos and you remove the other context clues and you take the um, Continental Club in Austin version of this, and the um, and the Bushwick version of this, um, and you show them to people in in, in kind of a relatively controlled uh, environment, and you maybe can do this with other genres as well, and see as is can um, you know people pick out the one that's in in Austin, um, and pick, and, pick it, out the one that is supposedly more authentic. Is, Sorry, go ahead. The one that's supposedly more authentic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, have, I have another follow-up question, um, and, then, and, and, and this may relate to you setting the scene, and maybe you're going to get to, to this. Who? What was the um, audience like? Who was who was here? Who was watching this? And and in what ways? Were it was they... a Monday. It was a Monday night, and the club was full. There were a couple of people who were clearly tourists, but it was like maybe four out of uh, out of a pretty full club that was what four four dozen people. And they were taking cell phone pictures of everything and kind of like selfieing, you know, in front of the stage. And everyone ignored them, and the musicians ignored them, and and you know it was fine, and they went away eventually. But there was like there was you know an old timer in a you know in a cowboy shirt and a hat who was like legit asking women to dance and two stepping with them out on the. Uh, you know, out on the dance floor at the front of the stage, right? Like there, there, there were a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the audience was was like staring impassively right back at the musicians, and they they didn't clap, they whistled, they had like a. <laughs> 
kind of thing that they did to signal appreciation and approval at the, uh, at the end of the songs while we, you know, while we mere mortals clapped. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it seemed, it seemed like a, a local crowd because this was a Monday night. It was not a famous, uh, it was not a famous band, right? Like it's not like people were in town for the show. It was just kind of, it was just kind of the scene. Um, but so, so here's though, um, here's though the thing where, and, and it was just a great night. It was a great 90 minute set. Like there was no set list. The, the different guys in the band just called out songs and a key. And then they played, everyone knew everything. Like the second fiddle knew all the part, all the second fiddle parts. Um, everyone just seemed to know when it was time for their solos. And like, you know, Texas swing is this like dance music that is, um, that is a sort of, uh, a, d- d- like, uh, country music with a slight jazz with, with slight jazz song structures in terms of like playing the head and then a lot of solos. Uh, and, and the solos are, are kind of a, are kind of a jazz language. Um, it's just, just interesting that what this reminds me of is actually something that, that I wanted to discuss. Um, on a, I, I had wanted to do a previous These Frolicking Tourists episode um, a few months ago when I traveled in Spain. Huh. Um, and I, I, when I was in Spain, um, saw a flamenco show. Oh, nice. And the flamenco show I saw, um, just for reasons uh, in, in the town of uh, Seville, um, or Sevilla, um, was uh, was 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 much more was put on at a um, museum and was a kind of a tourist tableau. But what I read um, in the guidebook and had wanted to seek out, but um, ended up have not having time to do, is you know that there is um, there are stories that there are are bars where this. Uh, where where um, flamenco arises arises uh, uh, organically, right? And that and 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 it seems to share many uh, characteristics of what you're describing. Of there are um, kind of locals with instruments who know the songs, um, aren't really a band per se, but rather there are standards and and forms. Um, that that are are played, and who comes together, grabs their instruments, and um, uh, and plays, and and there is it's somewhere between, you know, it's a jam session, but not a jam session in that it's um, necessarily improvisational, but in that it's you know that the specific combination of people it may not be planned, or like you say, there may not be a set list, um, and that there is a um, you know that 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 this kind of uh, you know, in in the world of flamenco, is also tied to the combination of musical performance and dance, and then that you know, even uh, as musicians play, you know, dancers kind of arise out of the audience, and 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 kind of uh, there's a kind of there are central um, you know combinations of you know of of male and female dancers, um, and and expressing if I, and if I remember the word correctly. Um, it, the word is uh, duende, I believe, um, and which is um, a, a like it means like uh, it means having soul, right? And and it's a, a kind of heightened state of emotion. Uh, and, and now I'm quoting from uh, Wikipedia, but duende, uh, in in uh, as it's referred to in uh, flamenco, is having soul, a heightened state of emotion, expression, and authenticity uh, in flamenco, right? And so that this is a the kind of the the um the 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 highest form of of flamenco kind of emerges that you that you don't tend to get as much duende in these tourist tableaus and and you can get them um in 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 some cases but in some ways that the duende um the the opportunity for for duende for this kind of passion and um emotion expression through authenticity comes of through people coming together um and you know the the history of flamenco kind of as with um you know the uh, as with i think um and maybe you know this or maybe you don't about of texas straight swing you know has to do with um you know at least flamenco has to do with a lot of um kind of oh let's say subaltern uh peoples of of spain whether this is um uh roma communities uh or other kind of and and um you know immigrant communities uh worker communities um and and was a kind of pastime was a a pastime of of workers um i think largely urban uh workers um 
and and was a a you know the the music to pass the time um and i and i just as you were describing um the way in which this concert felt um and and, and how it appeared to have come together and the kind of connection between music dance and um and kind of as as a pastime um seemed very connected to me right i yeah i think you're absolutely right i mean i i think we kind of have to take it back Right. I think that like when we get together, we have to like, you know, grab a a clothes hanger and an upside down trash can. Right. Like, you know, grab the guitar that your girlfriend doesn't really know how to play, you know, and uh, and pull together, you know, just just start making music. You know, and whatever whatever happens, happens, right? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, because everyone else is not punk, and I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it, it is incumbent upon us to tell everyone uh, about how everyone else is not punk. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that they were always already not punk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it is. It's you know, be the duende you want to see in the world. <laughs> so they. So my point was that this show was like very. I really liked. I really liked this show, and it was very entertaining, and it was it was very good. Um, uh, in terms of being like a satisfying music music experience, but a couple of things about it sort of. Uh, uh, piqued my interest. My ears perked up. Um, one of the things was that the uh, one of the things was that the singer kept saying, "Now you folks ready for some real country music? This is some country music." Uh, I, and then, like you know, later in the you know between different songs, the patter would be like, I, "I I heard there were some people in Austin who wanted some country music, and this is some real country music." So it was always declaring, it's uh, it, it was always declaring what it was, right? And and if you sort of accept the maxim that. you don't, if you really are a thing, you don't have to talk too much about being the thing. You can just, uh, you can just be it. Um, you know, uh, then there is some reason why that, uh, why that claim needs claim needs to be made. Right. And, and I think it has to do with, I don't know. I think it has to do with the sort of artisanality of, of everything, right? Like this is not like fifth wave artisanal country music, you know, that is to say we're not in Bushwick, you know, and, and that's the claim that's being made by this guy. It's like, we are real country music, uh, country musicians, right? Like, but, but they're also the other place where they are not is, uh, and and I mean geographically, or I think more specifically notionally, is that they are not in Nashville either, yeah. right? And and so and and I'm, by Nashville, I mean kind of Nashville uh, as representing the country music industry, right? sure. And, and and so I think that it's it's neither it's neither Nashville nor Bushwick, um, but the space between, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, and, and they're they're playing a much less commercial genre. They're playing a genre that is that is like primarily dance music, as opposed to being like uh, it's a music that's an occasion to dance rather than rather than uh, you know the music being um, uh, rather than the music being sort of the main event, right? Like there there are a lot of things. Uh, there are a lot of things that that make it humble, right? And sort of humility is one can be kind of one marker of of authenticity, or maybe maybe a better way to say it is is uh, unpretentiousness, right? A claim not to be not to be pretending to a more august or a more rarefied or a more um, sort of famous, you know, uh, more celebrated um, state than. Uh, then you're in. Now, here's an interesting question. With both this and with your um, chicken fried steak, uh-huh. how many of you does it take to consume and enjoy this thing before that stops being the case? Right? Like, is there a kind of, you know, by, um, because, you know, the, even though you were there for some real country music, you know, you, 
you were not necessarily the intended consumer of that. Um, and that said, like, you know, you being there doesn't change that scenario. You're kind of a drop in an authentic bucket, um, but uh, a bucket fill of, of kind of authentic water. Um, but, you know, when does it start to change? Because like, it, it, and, and it's, it's really tough because, you know, you, you know, and, you know, again, you were actually enticed because um, you were curious about what it was. You were you had a genuine interest in this music uh, and some familiarity with it. Um, and, you know, similarly, you, um, you know, ate a chicken fried steak because what else could you do? Um, you know, paleo diet be damned um, that that you enjoyed these things. But like that, you know, at a certain point. How many of you does it, you know, and by you, I mean, you know, uh, coastal, uh, um, you know, coastal 30 something professionals um, or and and or coastally uh, educated 30 something urban professionals. Does it take to be a a tipping point to this is uh, even if even if the guys don't change? When does everyone? What? When does the pretend start? Right? Is there a a pretension um, tipping point? Yeah, it's. I mean, and and at that point, who is doing the pretending? Right. right? Uh, I suppose you could make an ar- argument that in the hypothetical you're suggesting, right? What if it had been one hundred percent tourists? Right. Well, yes, that would be sort of pretentious. I suppose if the musicians kept all the patter about real country music, right? Um, though I could make an argument, I could make an argument for the other way as well, right? That they could, they could, uh, they could see it as like an effort of civilizing the savages, right? And they're like country music missionaries, you know, serving the real thing to the serving the real thing to the tourists because they've never. Uh, They've never all, had y'all, the real- all y'all sniveling indie kids, hold steady, <laughs> right? I mean that that kind of that mission, <sighs> right? That, what you described um, is would be the the country mer- music version of of the mission of the stated mission of the hold steady, right? Which was kind of um, of of saying, listen, you know, you guys are pretending, you guys are pretending to be DJs. You are, you are pretending, um, to, to, you know, do to, to like the eighties, but in fact, like we need, we need to rock. Uh, and we, and, and that there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with rock and roll. Um, and, and I think that, that, that you could imagine, um, and I feel like there are, I mean, it's the question of, well, and so this is an interesting question of, because under what circumstances would that be i guess i, I, I think what what's interesting is what is, you know if a if you have you know missionaries of of texas uh or or kind of the other dynamic that that sounds like to me is is colonialism right of of some kind um you know where would that and I happen to actually be looking at a map of the of the United States and I'm looking at Texas and 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 I think what you know what's interesting to what you're describing is that it's intensely place based right so that it, you know would you imagine under if you know if this kind of missionary zeal um, of of taking the real country music to the indie kids. You know, is this is, is this is kind of a like take back our streets, right? Take back South Congress, uh, uh-huh. and 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 um, and and like you know, it's it's you know, it's keep you know keep Austin normal, right? <laughs> um, and the normal though is the is a um, I mean, this is an interesting thing. Is that this is kind of a little different from normcore. Right, because yeah, I was about to say uh, you may want to keep Austin normal, but the best you're going to get is keep Austin normcore. I mean, because there is no normal, right? And that's, I mean, that's an interesting that that's yeah, that's really interesting, and that's what I what I thought also when um, when uh, 
when the the kind of the protesting too much about being real country music also a lot of the songs were co- covers it was essentially backwards looking though there were some new songs and they were they were pretty good and they were performed actually with maybe a little more gusto maybe it was maybe it was the frontman's band and he he also was the the songwriter um you know, maybe it's maybe it's sort of a uh, maybe it was the dynamic was like a, a frontman and backup players rather than than being a band, uh, as we understand that. Um, uh, but it was it was fundamentally backwards looking, and even the like uh, even some of the lyrics of the songs. There was a song called uh, "Lone Star Beer" and Bob Will's music. Um, mm. And it was about how, like, uh, Lone Star Beer and Bob Will's music is what keeps me happy now that now that you're gone. But it but it is like for for all its authenticity, that is that is a kind of Tumblr reblogging, right? Of, oh, absolutely. Of like yeah. you know Instagram pictures of Lone Star Beer. Let me put it another way. You know where the only other restaurant outside of Texas where I've been served Lone Star Beer. It's Momofuku Noodle Bar on First Avenue. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I think that that's like interesting. I think that what this is making me think of with respect to Normcore is that there is, I think, a a misreading uh, as Normcore has has spread as a piece of of discourse. Um, I, we should link in the show co- uh, show notes um, the um, kind of one of the reports. Uh, the reports I put in again in my dripping um, scare quotes um, by uh, this uh, design collective slash trend forecasting collective K hole that um, is attributed with uh, coining the term normcore um, and that one of the things that they they talk about in this report which we'll link to uh, which is called um, youth mo- youth mode a report youth mode colon a report on freedom when they talk about um, normcore um, as I as I understand it um, it talks a, a bit about um, not you know so when we when we talk uh, we've talked a little bit about normcore um on uh, on this podcast and on other uh, on a few actually on the TV recap Wh- wherever I show up we talk about normcore because it's been a preoccupation of mine for the last few mi- months so wherever I am uh, uh normcore is there um and I think that um I think that when normcore gets talked about it it is it becomes talked about uh, in like fashion blogs as uh, as fashion trends that have to do that that you know one of the images that gets thrown up is um, is Seinfeld and or a kind of a nineteen nineties genericness um, and a a kind of um, you know mock turtlenecks and lighter jeans and um, you know plain white athletic sneakers uh, and that doesn't I I think that that is not quite right. That is a weak, kind of a weak misreading of, um, of Normcore because what I, um, I remember in this, uh, in, in, um, in, in this, in this report, and I'll see if I can find this, um, somewhere is that, that the, you know, sameness as, you know, that this report talks a lot about, um, because everyone is, um, you know, that, uh, you know, one of the things they say is that if the rule is think different, uh, being seen as normal is the scariest thing. Um, and then in parentheses, it says it means being returned to your boring suburban roots and being turned back into a pumpkin exposed as unexceptional. Um, and I think that, you know, and this is talking about in the context of, of some of the that we were talking about is what they call mass indie, right? That that, that of, of that indie is is the new mainstream. But I think that this, you know, that, that what part of what being normal means is, you know, even if it is keep Austin normcore, what that, that means is that there isn't one normcore, right? That norm in part comes from what is normal, um, and, and that what is kind of normal behavior. And, and I think that, that there are a lot of, um, definitions in, in my line of work in, in social sciences of, of nor of social norms. Um, and one set that I think I've talked about a bit are, um, what could be called 
what or what Eleanor Ostrom calls norms, but um, what elsewhere are called prescriptive social norms of what what you should do. But there are another branch of um, of norms that what is what Ostrom calls shared strategies, um, or what um, what um, some other scholars call uh, descriptive norms, or what um, like Schelling called conventions, right? So conventional behavior, um, and 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 these are kind of uh, things that don't have that exist that are, are modes of behavior that um, are are local equilibria in situations that where there might be multiple things that could be equally, um, you know, kind of efficient social behavior, um, but that for some kind of accident of history, people coordinate on doing things one way. And they, um, and that th- there are um, examples of this, there, there are hypotheses that different types of social behavior fall into conventional behavior, um, but lo- that lots of kind of things like social greetings, um, even things like what side of uh, the road uh, people drive on, are um, are are held in place by conventions because there are not really uh, and and this gets more uh, uh, messy as you unpack this. But in theory, there are not huge um, distributional implications to whether you drive on the right side of the road or left side of the road at a at a time zero, and so that you know you can get. Um, you know practices that are kind of conventional practices that are that are nor the normal behavior um, in in a given locality may be different from the normal behavior in somewhere else um, and and I think that that is important to um, to normcore because that it I think that there is a um, the as normcore has become started to be eaten up by the the you know mass machine it's turned it again into a a kind of um just another kind of another kind of mass indie um attempt of well i'm going to dress like i'm from the 1990s but it's just going to be a little more plain and and uh and that that what they they say is that um is that um in fact that normcore means being um, uh, that they say that um, um, that the normcore is about adaptability, not exclusivity, um, and that um, you know, and and they say earlier on, once upon a time, people were born into communities and had to find their individuality. Today, people are born individuals and have to find their communities, and so that you know, part of what you're experiencing in in, in Austin is that there are some pieces of um experience that are um that are are locally um that are locally specific um and that uh and that that is um and then that that is kind of this you know part of of normcore of of normcore austin right you you i you know i was thinking about it like it, at a certain point you have to if if you want to get anything done Right. At a certain point, you have to stop worrying about the issues of representation because, you know, the people came for some real country music. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the the uh, um, the the you can't sort of spend your your life kind of chasing a uh, chasing chasing an ideologically pure um, uh, you know ideologically pure. Uh, sort of perfect, un, unfucked around with um, pure expression, right? Like because, like, a your Faraday cage of non-interference rests on a pyramid of of human skulls. That is to say, you can't like the sort of technology that enables uh, you to that enables your misanthropy did not um, uh, arise in a vacuum, you know. But also because you spend you spend so much time kind of meta you spend so much time like white papering yourself you know writing manifestos that you never actually write a song that that uh, that anybody that anybody wants to hear right and like I don't know I I, I think that the, that the normal it, to a certain extent one working definition could be. Um, 
what what happens when you really don't give a shit what other people think and not are making a show of not giving a shit what other people think but like the what what is normal is the thing that's more important to you to make than you know everybody's opinion of uh, of you or of 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 it right these are the sort of strong these are the sort of strong elements um yeah and i think that and part of that normal i feel like is you know i mean I, and i'm thinking about this of of what a a a like of of playing that out in the context of like of 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 austin is you know that in you know that in this case you know kind of real country music in 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 this kind of as we are thinking of real country music and the consumption of real country music, that that is part of a tapestry that includes, you know, um, you know, that includes having a family that, that, and, that, and, and, and either listening to this music with your family or at family uh, gatherings. Uh, It involves, um, it involves budgeting. It involves going to like, uh, it it involves going to um, your like, chain restaurant uh and and uh and that because it's cheaper than the um than the artisanal place or maybe even because it's it's cheaper than the um the local place that makes the chicken fried steak and you go and get the chicken fried steak on a special occasion um and that it involves you know um it involves like living life in in a way that uh you know that finds opportunities for expression within the need to um, that to to actually do all of the either material and psychological things that life entails, um, and I think that you know that there are are myths of that that these things can be created through um, a bunch of people through the, through ele- electronically connected bricolage um and that i think that the i i think that that's a, an much more is in fact an open question that um that there i think that part of what you're finding um and tell me correct me if i'm wrong but what's striking about you know happening upon something like this uh in in Austin um or you know potentially happening upon this um in in any city um you know if if you were to happen upon this in Seville Spain in the in a flamenco context yeah, um, or, I mean or, people talk about it in Ireland a lot right you walk into a, yeah. a you know rural pub and and there's uh there's music that just kind of spontaneously happens or maybe yeah, not, yeah. maybe not spontaneously because everyone goes there to play music, but it, but it happens as a, as a pastime, right? Like the word, the word pastime that you used earlier is I think a, a really good watchword for this, uh, for this conversation, because it's, um, you know, it's pastime versus what versus, uh, profession versus pose, Right. And that that in within and those products, right. Yeah. Versus like thing that you are consuming um, or or, you know, ver- and versus or seeing even right. Um, a, 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 you know, a, a, a music scene uh, uh, as opposed to, um, you know, as, as opposed to a community. Right. Um, that, that passes time. That's yeah, that's interesting. And apparently like I you know, so this is what like we we get out of like one chance occurrence um you know on one night in in Austin. I really feel like I feel like uh this is a town with like a lot of layers and um just a lot of like interesting neighborhoods each with each with a personality and I and I was in one, right? Like the best known and I suppose most touristy uh, of one and uh, for a night and this this is what we uh this is what we came upon um i suppose we don't need a band right <laughs> to 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 do the the to do the tft though you know i mean I, all criticism i guess is a form of autobiography or or uh, to put it the way oscar wilde put it uh, the critics do nothing but bear witness to their own impotence um, but, but I, I, I like to think that I like to think that it's a different kind of potency, Ryan, what you and I do together. Well, I think that, I mean, it is, it's an interesting thing that, you know, in some ways 
um, and you've alluded to this, you know, we in on the occasion uh, of us being in uh, the same uh, room um, a few weeks ago, we did uh, grab the trash can and hanger and keyboard and guitar um, and uh, and and made some music and and hopefully that um, will make its way to the internet um, uh, soon. Um, but I think that I mean this gets back to actually what I was saying at the beginning of the. Um, of of the of the episode of kind of you know of of always what it means to always be blanking right uh, and it's always be um, TFT or always be overthinking or always be Texas swinging um, always be country that that you know that there's a way to in some ways that even though there's there's um, you know I was just just now like extolling the kind of um the virtues of belonging in a place right of having um a you know yourself be part of a community that's part of a set of cultural practices in a place you know the the reality is that um you know that sometimes the people that we identify the most with um or the communities that are meaningful get dispersed um you know and 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 the you know again like as all criticism is autobiography you know the roots of overthinking it is taking a community that existed in one place and in, in a college um that was then you know through um the um through post collegiate life scattered and spread and trying to um, experiment with ways to recreate that, um, you know, through um, re- recreate and and as we've discovered, grow that community um, using technology, and that and so that in a, in a way that this practice of um, you know overthinking with the least with basically how you spend your day <laughs> um, uh, is 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 in some ways the um, a, a podcast, our our attempt to have that jam session, um, and, and, and it is this is in no in a sense our is our pastime, um, because you know it's getting together with friends and um and and, and really in some ways bringing out the old standards <laughs> of the old standards <laughs> on and the old standards on, on authenticity, um, and and there's variations. You know, we we will we will solo, we will riff, uh, and. And that those will become incorporated in, into the into the canon, um, and that you know that there is a you know somewhere um, you know a a you know that, that there are these things, and so it's it's there's some kind of a middle ground or a, um, a synthesis of this um, you know this place based um, you know uh, norm core and the kind of much more bricolage based um, kind of differentiation that there's some kind of emerging that we're there's a, there's attempts at synthesis um, and that, you know, and that it's awesome when we are in the same place. Um, and, uh, and, and if you can build a community in one place or, or a part of that, uh, it's very lucky, but that, um, but, but there are also, um, there, there, that that itself is not a reality for for everyone. But I, I think that it's, it's again, it's a, I don't know if that's entirely clear, but it's a little different. It's I guess an attempt to even from the, you know, I guess that the I guess it's coming back to the problematic that you were raising early in the episode of you know you can frame it as a problematic, but if you have the um your faraday cage resting on the pyramid of human skulls right if your artisanal experience is resting on um a tremendous inequality and tremendous uh, many people not having being able uh, to access that uh, artisanality um what what then <laughs> um and 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 uh and and i think that um, right. I mean, is it? Do you take? Do you take the? Do you take the? And we should probably wrap also because Skype is is uh, has begun to crop out, which is uh, almost a nostalgic experience because it doesn't happen to us that much anymore. Um, but uh, it, it, one view is to take the Downton Abbey view, right? That it's important that we. Uh, dine on Ber- Berkshire pork belly, you know, just so that uh, just so that we can uphold the standard and people can know that somewhere it's done right, 
right? We don't wear we don't wear tuxedo jackets. We go full white tie and tails at at dinner uh, because we are not animals, right? That's the sort of the Downton Abbey model that you are actually providing a public service by oppressing your fellow man uh, right. with your with the opulence of your your privilege. Right. Exactly. Right. Then. Right. Um, and so, and then, what is there an alternative? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I yeah. I mean, I think a, a lot of it might be uh, another alternative might be re- renouncing the privilege. The the shitty alternative, though, is the shitty alternative is to sort of pay lip service to social justice, right? Um, while while uh, to pay lip service to social justice while um, you know holding up as ideal a lifestyle that's that's out of re- uh, out of reach of the the uh, you know very people you you claim to care about uh, you cl- you claim uh, need need justice right because that is that is pretentious and that's you know that's the thing to to avoid I think. Yeah, I think that that's I think that, that um, right. Um, so, but I mean, the main thing is: so, am I opposed for eating the chicken fried steak? <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> uh, so, we'll uh, be back with more TFT uh, next week. We don't quite know what the syllabus is going to be, but you can watch us on Twitter at TFT Podcast. Uh, for that, if you'd like to, um, if you are from Austin and are, are offended at my, you know, riffing so much after, uh, you know, spending 12 hours in your city so far, um, by all means, hit me up on, on, on Twitter at, at TFT podcast and, and, uh, you know what, we'll have a, you'll have a meetup. We can show, you can show, you can show me the real Austin, the, the, the weird Austin, um, and uh, and uh, and if anyone has anything that they would like to say uh, about normcore, about molecular gastronomy and uh, its relationship with industrial food production, um, about uh, you know uh, artisanality being the new conformity, uh, about um, uh, real country music. Uh, about the seven unsmiling white guys standing on stage in Bushwick. Um, well, uh, uh, keep, uh, keep our comments normal and uh, leave a comment on the show notes. Uh, Till next time, thank you, Ryan, and thank you for listening. It's been real. <laughs>